Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? Doing wonderful, praising our incredible Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen to that. Also with us, as always, is the show's producer, Tony Palacio. How are you doing today, bro? Praising God. It's good to be alive. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It is good to be alive in Jesus. And we are so excited to have you guys with us. And if you guys are listening to this right now, hey, Thursday, yes, this Thursday, we are doing a live show. We're going to be going through some questions. I know we usually have a theme for the live shows, but this one, we're actually just going to go through some questions, especially uh, the first half. We're going to be going through a lot of questions that we got through our Patreon subscribers. So if you guys are on Patreon, Patreon, please leave a message for us. You guys have already seen where to go, who to call and all that. And we hopefully will get through as many as possible. I know you know how short-winded Joe is on those answers, so we'll get through <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, but uh, no, we're, we're excited to be able to do that. And if you guys want to get involved in Patreon, thank you guys so much who already have. And if you want to, it's patreon.com slash goodfight. We also are working on our Steve McQueen. What are we calling that, Tony? I was told to, to not call it a documentary, but our interview with his yeah, pastor. Yeah, the interview. The interview. Um, but uh, basically the gospel shared through Steve McQueen's story. And we not, not only interview his pastor, but Joe gives a gospel message for anyone uh, to hear, especially those who are Steve McQueen fans. It'll be awesome for you guys to be able to share this with friends and family. So we're excited about that. And also we're excited about Texas coming up just next week. We'll be there the 19th or 21st. And That's guys, crazy. it's coming quick. <laughs> it is coming quick. And if you're going to be out there, there's a couple things that we're going to be doing there. Uh, starting on that Monday, we will have the 511 street team. We'll have a bunch of people from our church, from our fellowship, going out there and sharing the gospel on the streets of San Antonio. So if you want to get involved with that, you can contact me personally, chat at goodfight.org, or you can go to blessedhopetexas.org, contact James, check that out and get involved there. But Joe, you're going to be teaching on a couple of really, really important topics. Not only they sold their social rock and roll, which you give a presentation so that we can share the gospel, but also you'll be doing two presentations on the doctrine of once saved, always saved. So you guys do not want to miss it. That is March 19th through the 21st. So without any further ado, we got a question for you today, Joe, an end times question. And I, and I really like this question. I like how it's posited. And I, I think uh, you'll do a great job answering it for the audience today because this is really, really important. And it is a very, very good question. So I want to read it for you guys. And then if there's any, you know, scriptures I need to open up, you just let me know. Um, I have one in mind, obviously, that uh, obviously relates to what he's talking about here. But let me just read it and we'll get right into it. I have a question for Pastor Schimmel. I have been studying end times and I agree with the post-tribulational rapture position. One thing I'm having a hard time reconciling is in a number of places, the Lord said his coming will be similar to the days of Noah or Lot, as it were in the days of Noah or Lot. People will be eating, drinking, marrying, and given to marriage, etc. Based on the judgments poured out in Revelation, famines, pestilences, wars, the sea turning to blood, vegetation being destroyed, the locust having five months to torment those who don't have the seal of God, and all the other judgment, 
It seems like the world will be anything but normal. Will people believe these are just natural disasters and keep plugging along like normal? Or are they just so spiritually blinded that even though these things are taking place during Daniel's 70th week, they will still carry on as normal as they can to the extent possible? Or is, quote, life back to normal because the two witnesses are finally killed and they are celebrating like in the days of Noah? I'm curious to get your thoughts, and thank you. Wow, that's a fantastic question. Really, really good question. Uh, who's that from? I don't have a name here. Oh, okay, well, whoever you are, great question. Well articulated. You, you kind of answered some of it, I believe. Uh, but it's interesting because I just did a study, was in a Bible study last night, uh, where we looked at, you know, one will be taken, you know, one will be grinding at the mill, or two will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, one will be left, and two will be in the field, one will be taken, one will be left, and two will be in bed, one will be taken, one will be left. And that's after the tribulation period. And, uh, you know, you can go to Matthew chapter 24. In fact, that study last night, so I can get really into your question, but it relates to your question a little bit in this context that, wow, it seems pretty normal uh, for some people, right? They, they're grinding in the field or they're in the field or they're grinding, they're working, uh, similar to, you know, as you mentioned, the days of Noah. In fact, it's in that context where Jesus said it would be like the days of Noah when they're eating and drinking and so forth, that he states that. So there does seem to be some normalcy, which is really perplexing to a degree when if you just have a view uh, that the tribulation is a staccato amount of judgments that just one after another so fast, almost like God's using this machine gun of plagues, bam, 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 bam. It's like, how could anybody do anything? And when we when we back up and we, we read the book of Revelation, we got to realize, okay, wait, there's seven years here when we talk about the 70th week of Daniel. Uh, it's wrong to say the Great Tribulation period is seven years. That's the last three and a half years in the middle of the week when the Antichrist uh, breaks the covenant he makes with the many in Daniel 9 and sets himself up uh, in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, or Matthew 24, where Jesus called that the abomination of desolation. Uh, when he said at that point, he told his disciples to uh, flee you know, into the wilderness. But it's interesting when you look at that, uh, that last three and a half years, uh, these there are a lot of judgments that take place for sure, but there are different parts of the world. Some of them will encompass a huge part of the world, like a third of the earth and what have you. Well, you know, a third of people will be put to death at one judgment. Half the planet, people on earth will be killed with another judgment. So we're looking at some really horrific judgments. At the at, as well, we have to look at the bigger picture though, because this will be like birth pains. You know, Jesus said it'll be like birth pains up until the point he comes. So we keep that in mind that. A woman, uh, birth pains, when Jesus describes it as being like birth pains, we think of a woman going through intense uh, pain, uh, sharp pain, uh, pain that they let us know that we really can't relate to as men uh, until the baby's delivered. But there's an interval in between each, you know, each bout with pain as the baby gets closer. And there'll be intervals, therefore, in the tribulation period, which will allow time for building, uh, for normalcy, even in the places where some of these things hit pretty hard, uh, if you're alive afterwards, of course, you'll have to rebuild. So they'll be building, uh, there'll be the lies of the Antichrist because he's going to be building a utopia in the minds of the people, saying peace and safety. Uh, who can make war with him, the people we saying? They'll be saying peace and security. So there'll be a lot of rebuilding going on. There'll be people marrying. Uh, he'll, uh, they'll, they'll say who can make war with him. And it talks about the seventh you know, head was put to death and then came back to life and it'll be considered like a miracle. So a lot of people will think somehow 
uh, they'll be able to ultimately, or the Antichrist, in their rebellion, whom they're betting on, to uh, beat Christ, which obviously won't happen, but there will be a lot of people that will be under that delusion, which you kind of alluded to, the deception being so great. It does say in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that there'll be a strong delusion, that the folks, will, the, those who had pleasure in wickedness, Paul says, well, they'll believe the lie, and they'll be under this delusion. Well, what's the delusion? That this this man in the temple claims to be God, and uh, there'll be lies that he can defeat Christ at his second coming. There's already a lot of lies out there regarding who Christ is in the cult. Uh, Scientology, which was connected, uh, L. Ron Hubbard was connected to Aleister Crowley. They put a diabolical spin uh, on the book of Revelation. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard did uh, in his uh, de- declaration to the you know those in the eighth level of Scientology. He taught that when Christ returns, Really, it's an alien invasion. It's not really Christ. And the book of Revelation was written by these aliens. And it gives us a viewpoint, he states, for Scientologists, that we must derail the second coming of Christ and stop this threat. So some people be under the illusion, not that they're fighting against the Messiah, at first anyway, but that they're fighting against uh, this diabolical threat. God will make it clear to them. Uh, we know from the book of Revelation, through the testament of the two witnesses, through the heralding of the everlasting gospel, through one of the angels that flies through the midheavens in Revelation chapter 14, uh, also through uh, another angel when he declares that Babylon has fallen, another angel uh, says not to take the mark of the beast, not to take the number of his name and you know and worship him and so forth. That's all in Revelation 14. So the, the presentation and the proclamation of the gospel will not be stopped. And the truth will be known. Now people can decide to believe lies. That's what they do today all the time. I mean, they... A lot of people want to believe that nothing, everything came out of nothing. So if you can believe that, you can believe anything. If you believe Darwinism, you know, you can believe anything. So we can understand where that's all going. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of people will be deluded to believe in that. So I think it's important that we understand that uh, the Scriptures let us know, too, that God brings these judgments because he has a purpose for them. Uh, the Bible says, the nations, because of thy judgments, the nations learn righteousness. So when God's judgments come, because people want to believe they can just do what they will, just live wicked lives, refuse to repent, everything's going to be fine. But God brings these judgments in the world to show them that judgment is coming. And these judgments are actually merciful uh, upon those who live because it gives them an opportunity to take stock and say, wait, what's going on here? In light of what the two witnesses are saying, they're tied to judgments, by the way, in Revelation 11. In light of what the angelic uh, beings are saying in Revelation 14, along with the testimony of the saints, believers that are alive at the time, and the Holy Spirit speaks through the church. Uh, Jesus said, don't premeditate what you speak when you're brought before the leaders. We see that exemplified through the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts through Stephen, his testimony. They couldn't resist his words. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be using us, believers like that, as we're taken before leaders. And the Holy Spirit will be through the bride, the bride of Christ, the Spirit of the bride say, come. Revelation 22, I believe, verse 17, calling people to repentance, to drink from the water of life freely. So you have a lot, lot of radical work that God is doing to get their attention. Unfortunately, in Revelation chapter 9 and in Revelation chapter 16, uh, in Revelation 9, I believe it's after the locust uh, judgment you talked about the with these radical stingers where people can't die for five months. They can't even kill themselves. It's so painful. But that's even mercy because instead of just killing themselves and then being in, in, in Hades and then later in hell for all eternity, uh, they have an opportunity to have a change of heart but they still don't repent, the world at large. And in Revelation chapter 16, it says they still don't repent to give God glory. 
And that doesn't mean no one repents. It does seem to mean the world at large does not repent. We know that because we see the nations gathered against Christ at his second coming. We know some repent because it says they don't repent to give him glory. Giving him glory signifies repentance. But early in Revelation 11, when the two witnesses prophesy, and, and then they're put to death by the Antichrist, and they rise from the dead three days later, it says some people gave glory to God, which that's awesome because it indicates at least there'll be some repentance then. And I'm looking for any silver lining I can find in the book of <laughs> Revelation. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, a, that's one that always just sticks out to me. It's beautiful yeah, that it's, there will be some repentance. It's just interesting, you know, when you think of so many people have this such a wrong view. It's it's like I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm reading the scriptures and then I, I hear someone teach on the subject and it's like I'm, I feel like I'm listening to like opposite world or something. I... I'm, I mean, they're they're talking about it, whether it's QAnon with their Great Awakening, and then all of a sudden, you know, everyone's going to have this Great Awakening, whether it's the NAR or it's the Great Awakening. But over and over again, or, or basically you're going to build the kingdom of heaven here on earth, you know, and then Jesus can come back, right? And so over and over again you see this, but then what we see in the scriptures, as you said, looking for those silver linings in the book of Revelation— there's a great falling away. It's not like it's this this great revival yeah. series coming out, Apostles you know, and all revival. these people coming to to be saved outside of the fountain of cleansing that's open there in Israel for Jews at the very end. At yeah. the very end, although Christ is available for everyone Amen. during that time during the tribulation. Amen. Yeah. No, it's just very very interesting that you see the scriptures as they speak so clearly to this, and yet it's like we were just talking about it earlier today, Tony and myself, just about specifically when teachers are like, you will not see, and I, and I was reading different comments uh, the other day on a post regarding the rapture, comments over and over again that you will see, well, we won't be here for the Antichrist. We won't be here for all of this. We'll be taken up, and you're like, that's so interesting that just like with so many other doctrines that so many people have taken hook, line, and sinker, Whenever the Lord is specific in his word when it says don't be deceived, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just just put a put an earmark there and be like a lot of That's where gonna be deceived. the church mm-hmm. is going to be deceived, you know. It's very sad. Yeah. In fact, Paul said to the church at Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 that when Christ returns, uh he said rest with us. They're being persecuted in church of Thessalonica Amen. in chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians. And he says rest with us when the Lord Jesus Christ comes he doesn't say in a secret rapture before the tribulation he says with his mighty angels and flaming fire to take vengeance on those who dwell on the earth and do not time. obey the gospel mm-hmm. of our lord jesus christ don't know god don't obey the gospel of lord jesus christ on the day that he comes to be glorified in his saints uh, that's very clear that we get our rest from persecution then not seven years earlier and then a few verses after that paul says concerning christ's coming and our being gathered together to him episode we'll be gathered together to him he says, don't let anyone deceive you by word or spirit, meaning a demon or a letter as from us, a counterfeit letter, or maybe twisting Paul's words in his letters. Uh, for that day shall not, says, that day will not come until what happens. The fallen away comes first, and the Antichrist is revealed, the Son of Man says the temple of God show himself that he's God. So we need definitely the, the scripture is very clear. The church taught it for the first 1800 years of church history uh, that we're going through the tribulation period. But it's also important, and, and, and getting back to that question, even even more so is even when you look at the 10 plagues, uh, when you when you look at Revelation, you read the Exodus, there's a lot of mirror oh, yeah. there. You know, there's a lot of things going on. The, the boils, you know, and the boils on those who take the mark of the beast. And, uh, you know, a lot of the plagues are similar. God giving them, the, you know, the wings of eagles to bring them to the wilderness eventually. It says he gives them the wings of eagles in Revelation 11. 
and they go into the wilderness. You know, the believers there, I believe that's speaking of Israel, but there's a great multitude that no man can number from every nation, kindred, people, and tongue, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Today, who is that? That's the church. And they're there in Revelation 7, and they come out of great tribulation, meaning they are in it. But it's interesting because he protected his people in the land of Goshen when the 10 plagues were going on. The death of the firstborn, the death angel passed uh, the homes of those who had the blood of the lambs, the Passover lambs on their doors. But those who did not put their trust in the Lord and so forth, they lost their firstborn. So God protected them. We'll get probably a little bit more into that. Hopefully time won't run out before I go through some of the scriptures because they're really impressive how the Lord protected people. So he'll protect us, but there'll be a lot of normalcy. This is going to sound crazy, but there'll be some normalcy at least for people in the world. I don't mean normal like, you know, I'm going to be way beyond what we're going through right now with COVID and everything. It's going to be way beyond that, but there'll be enough normalcy to where they'll be rebuilding, they'll be building, there'll be people marrying, putting their hope in the Antichrist and so forth as the scriptures say, uh, because it will be like the days of Noah when they were doing these things right up until that final wrath came. I did a message, by the way. You might want to check out. I just got a, uh, a text I just read just before I got here that it was the the new one of the favorite messages of someone who's been listening for, for years saying, Joe, he really loved it. And that's like eight reasons. Uh, one will be taken, one will be left, refers to the rapture mm-hmm. because there are a lot of pre-tribs and, and others, ah mills, post-mills, even post-tribs, that say, oh, no, this is the rapture here. Being taken right here is being taken to judgment. Being left behind is being left behind to the kingdom. And I go through eight reasons, and it's very, very clear, because it stopped a third of the way through that message, that, no, this is indeed talking about the rapture, and I won't get into all of that, but uh, it's just interesting. I was kind of on this subject in another way. But when we were dealing with the days of Noah, but I'm going to say things I did not say in that message. In fact, everything I said pretty much wasn't in that message. But Tony, I put a link so you can hear it. Reference that. Yeah, if you guys could check that out. But right Think about Babylon being destroyed at the very end in concert with Christ coming with it on his white horse on the heels of this judgment and along with this judgment. In verse 16 through 21, it says, Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, It is done, because this is bringing the end here. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. There was a great earthquake such as had not been since man had come to be on the earth. So great an earthquake uh, was it then, so mighty that the great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. Babylon the Great was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath, and every island fled away, and the mountains were found no more, or not found, and huge hailstones, about 100 pounds each, can you imagine these things hitting your home, came down from heaven upon men, or hitting you. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hill, because its plague was extremely severe. Well, this parallels the sign of Christ coming and him coming to the clouds of heaven with great glory. But I mention this to you because there's judgments that lead up to this final judgment that he's speaking of here that's in concert with Christ's second coming. In Revelation chapter 17 and 18, we read about this. But specifically in 18, 9, and 10, I'm reading, The kings of the earth who committed acts of immorality and lived sensuously with her. And these kings who lived sensuously with her, uh, that is with Babylon, will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment, saying, whoa, whoa, the great city Babylon, the strong city, for one hour her judgment has come. And now listen to verse 11. And the merchants of the earth will what? Weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Now think about this. 
These merchants, it shows right up into Babel, into the point that Babylon is just utterly destroyed. These merchants were selling their cargo. They were dealing with Babylon. There was a sense of normalcy. That's my point, right? Not her destruction as much as what's going on up until the very end. They're still dealing with Babylon. And even though there's judgments and plagues taking place, and Babylon is like the city of the Antichrist, you know? Uh, who, you know, Babylon rides the beast until he destroys her because he wants full-blown worship. And that gets a little complex because it's not really the question. Uh, religious, spiritual Babylon in Revelation 17 versus commercial Babylon in Revelation chapter 18. But listen to what it says to the believers in verses 4 and 5, right before this destruction. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you will not participate in her sins and receive of her plagues, for her sins have piled up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. So this reveals that the Lord's people in Babylon, that they'll be his people in Babylon, still some of his people, that guess what? Right up to the time of this destruction almost, and where he calls them out of her, so they don't partake of partake of her sins and of her plagues. And that's a voice during the tribulation period that comes out and says, it's time to leave. So somehow, some way, even those in Babylon were able to refuse believers taking the mark of the beast, but they're still susceptible to temptation. Now it's time to get out because the temptation is getting greater and the destruction of Babylon is coming. Yeah, and even the kings in the earth in verse 9 are living luxuriously and, and practicing their sexual immorality, which would go right up. That's right. Uh, which would lead right up as, as well as you read through 11 as well, all the way down to 17. Uh, specifically, it, and it goes right with, you know, all the things that were the days of Lot. Yeah, absolutely. The Noah. Yeah. Right there. I mean, and it talks about all their luxury. I mean, chapter 18 is almost like a who, who's, and what's what as far as the lap of luxury in Babylon. Yeah. So, and it says, don't harm the oil or the wine, you know. Uh since you bring that up, Chad, in other words, oil and wine, wine's kind of a luxury at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, oil is, you know, used for necessities, but also is, you know, used uh, for luxury, but don't harm that earlier on for a little while. And I'm not, and I'm actually referring to another text, but when he's saying don't harm the oil and wine, it's like there's certain things that God isn't going to harm, is the point. Mm. So they can still have resources to live a life. Uh, so there's still temptation there. God allows, hey, who are you going to choose? There's still, mm. uh, you know, and it's like Lot's wife, right before Sodom was destroyed, she looked back. Yeah, he pulled him out right before the destruction, and she was longing to be there, you know, even to the point of destruction. So also we have uh, the hope of the ten kings that give their power to the beast up into the very end when they're going to fight Christ, the ten horns, which you saw, this is chapter 17 of Revelation, verses 12 through 14. Uh, are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. These have one purpose, and they give their power and authority to the beast. These will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, because he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are the called and chosen Mm. and faithful. By the way, those who are truly elect and chosen are faithful. There we see. And by the way, I mentioned 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It states specifically that they'll be saying peace and safety right up until the ultimate destruction. Uh, verse 1, now it's the times and epochs, brethren. And what's he talking about? Now it's the times and epochs. He doesn't just say that in a vacuum. In chapter 4, verses 16, 7, and 18, he just talked about the rapture of the church. And we'll be caught up after those the dead in Christ are, are, are raised first. We caught up to meet them in the air. Now it's quite interesting here because then he states as the times and epochs, brethren, of what? The rapture. You have no need anything be written to you. For yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. 
while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, or sudden destruction will come upon them, like labor pains upon a womb with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day would overtake you like a thief, for you are all sons of the light, sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. He means don't be spiritually asleep like those ten virgins. And five of them went back to sleep, so to speak. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night. And those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that right there is talking about final salvation, uh, His the day of wrath when the Lord comes, when he comes to destroy the wicked, which is called the great day of his wrath in Revelation chapter 6. And we are raptured before the great day of his wrath when there'll be this just, you know, <laughs> amazing outburst of light and power and and fire as he comes with his holy angels will be caught up to meet him in the air will be saved from that day of wrath but in the meantime he will protect us uh and so forth in revelation 16 13 through 18 or 15 it uh, talks about uh the, the kings of the earth gathering together it talks about the demons actually uh one comes out of the mouth of the beast one out of the false prophet one out of the mouth of the dragon which is satan they're issued forth to go gather the nations of the world together to fight against christ at his second coming so you even have armies just before Armageddon, mobilizing it from around the world to gather together in Israel, in the Valley of Megiddo, in the Valley of Jehoshaphat, uh, to fight against Christ at his second coming. So there's obviously normalcy right to the end to a degree, not the normalcy that we're, we're accustomed to now. Uh, praise God. What about us, though? Well, we know the 144,000, which I believe are literally uh, male Jews. That's what it says Just because it says that. Exactly. <laughs> and we have to uh, take the book of Revelation literally whenever it can be taken literally. And, and they seem to be distinguished there from the great multitude right after them that no man can number from every nation, kindred, people, and tongue. The 144,000 are sealed. Now they're sealed for protection from the wrath of God that will fall upon them. That's just it's amazing. But it's like, well, how come it doesn't say the church is sealed? Well, then it mentions the church. It mentions this great multitude that no man can number from every nation, kindred, people, and tongue that are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb because we are already cleansed by the blood of Christ. And just as the blood of the lambs, if a blood of lambs would protect, of different lambs would protect them in Goshen, or I should say, yeah, the valley in the area of Goshen, uh, how much more the blood of the Lamb of Christ, the blood of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, protect us from the wrath to come, amen? Plus, we're sealed already by the Holy Spirit as believers and we'll be protected. Listen to Exodus 8.22. But on the day I will give special treatment to the land of Goshen, the Lord says. This is talking about when the Lord pours out his plagues, uh, the ten different plagues, where my people live. No swarms of flies will be found there. In, in this way, uh, he will know that I, the Lord, am in the land. Exodus 9, 4, but the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel, even their animals, and the livestock of Egypt, that no animal belonging to the Israelites will die. 9, 6, the next day the Lord did just that, and the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one animal, not one animal belonging to the Israelites died. This is, put faith in your God, man. We have this awesome God. Exodus, Exodus 9, 26, the only place it did not hail was land of Goshen, where the Israelites were. <laughs> Exodus chapter 11, verses 4 through 7. It's another passage which talks about how the Lord protects the firstborn. We already talked about that. Uh, there's selective wrath. Amos 4, 7, I also withheld the rain from you 
When the harvest was three months away, I sent rain on the city, but I withheld it from from another. On one field, but I received rain, but another one I withheld it from. That's powerful. Revelation 16, 2, the grievous sore that comes upon the folks that take the mark of the beast, not on believers. So I just want to encourage you guys that the Lord protects us. And also when you're reading Revelation, sometimes you'll be, we got to be careful too, because we'll read in Revelation 6 about this, you know, in Revelation chapter 6, we'll read about the sixth seal, and we'll see the sixth seal, and we'll see it looks like the end of the world. Well, that is the end of the world. So you might, somebody think, well, how can anyone survive that? The kings of the earth are begging the rocks to, and the, the, to fall on them and kill them, for the great day of his wrath has come. And it describes this, the same storm of, uh, of cosmic debris, this huge earthquake again, the same thing we see in the, the seventh bowl, and the same thing we see in the seventh trumpet, because these all are showing you the end, and they each recapitulate the very end, and they're just pictures. So you also could read and say, wait, how could we survive that? Well, some of this, some of these things are pictures of the very end, and these birth pains work up to the very end. And in the interval of these birth pains, that's when people will get back to normalcy to one degree or another, only to be hit by things that are harder, which will hopefully wake them up before the great white throne judgment. And if they don't repent by then, right, before they, and before they die actually on this earth, there's no hope for them. We need to choose Jesus now, and praise God, he saves us from the wrath to come, whether it's the great day of his wrath or the lake of fire. And praise God, because we have salvation in the Lamb of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062, or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.